everyone, and welcome back to the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I'm here with Danny Hatch. And Danny, how are you doing? Because <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Yeah, no, this is a little bit your fault for sure. A little bit. Um, no more I've than survived. one third. No more. No more than one third my fault, right? Because there were three <laughs> total people involved. Although you could kind yeah. of split it evenly between me and Mark. No, yeah, no, you guys were. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, I, I have a picture of the editing screen from the last episode, and just all the, like, very little music inserts. There's just, like, a million of them in this one line. And, you know, bless your guys' hearts, you had to <laughs> name just every band in existence from every movie ever. Um, but it was super fun, and I I really enjoyed it. I'm really happy with the final product. So, you know, it, it was a labor of uh, love and... A bit of grief, I think, but a little, it, just a little, well, you know, just a it's little. Ne- it's never worth it if there isn't at least a little bit of grief, right? Yeah, and some tears and late nights and everything, but there you it go. all turned out pretty okay. So I really hope everyone checks it's that one out, even if you have okay. to. That's a it rousing endorsement. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty okay. How are you doing? I'm pretty okay. That's. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm still, here. I'm still here for now. I'm alive. I think. Okay. Well, well, for anybody who has not listened to our soundtrack epic episode, uh, just if, if only to keep Danny's spirits up and her willingness <laughs> to continue editing and working on behalf of the Utah Film Pod, give it a listen or two. Good music, good talk, and good times. But uh, yeah, that's good. maybe, yeah. maybe with that in mind, we'll make this episode a little bit more, a little more streamlined, a little more focused. I think we just want to make sure to cover a couple movies that are well. One that's yeah. about to come out, one that came out that I think we still need to kind of vent on a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I think I think we could probably skip over the news and and just kind of get right to it, so that uh, you know, you know. Because we're thinking of you, the audience, and I'm thinking of Danny as the producer <laughs> and the co-host. It's and probably so, mostly me. All those like texts of like crying emojis and everything. Do we have to do this? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, the 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 more considerate I can be, the less likely you're going to say, Josh, could you start doing some of this editing and some of this other production work? <laughs> so, so I'm motivated. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's fair. It all comes back to. Your best interest, right? But uh, it's, yeah, you said it's all selfish. It's all selfish. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So, but we do. I mean, genuinely, there are a couple of very interesting movies to talk about today. Um, uh, we'll start. We'll start. I think with the one that's about to come out, which is the most newsworthy event. Um, we got Lightyear, the newest and most outer spacey Pixar outing. Now, because this is not. I want to say I read somewhere that the director suggested this was like the first sci-fi Pixar, but but Wally was kind of sci-fi. Oh right? yeah, no, that's totally yeah. sci-fi. So so I I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, but like I was you know just kind of been reading up a little bit on some stuff before before today's broadcast or before today's recording. Um, I know that this is kind of you know to a degree this is new territory. Now I'll start off with the thing that I really do kind of like about this movie. Um, the most because there, there are actually a few different things I like and there's some things I'm not really that crazy about and so this is going to be kind of a multifaceted review. So the concept of Lightyear is one of the things that I like the most. It's the idea that 
the Lightyear movie is the movie that Andy from Toy Story saw back in the, you know, the 1990s that got him excited and introduced him to the character of Buzz Lightyear. And so it's a movie about Buzz Lightyear that is taking place within the Toy Story universe. Like Lightyear is a movie that came out in the universe of Toy Story. Does that make sense? Okay. I think that's kind of cool. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, another, is it another, structured like it? Like, does it seem like a cartoon that came out in the 90s? No. Okay. And that, which is, which is one of the weird things because although I'm willing to forgive it because one of the best things about this movie, in fact, the thing, I think the thing that I would say that I liked the most about this movie is the animation. It's there, mm-hmm. there are a couple of moments and, and we watched it on IMAX. And so I think it's like an IMAX movie. There wow. were some really cool sequences like traveling through space and stuff that just really looked fantastic. And obviously that capacity was not there in the 1990s. And so you kind of have to say, okay, well, this is the movie that Andy was watching back then, but obviously it wouldn't look like this because this is a animated movie produced in 2022. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm willing to set that aside. So with that context, the movie itself follows it's essentially the Buzz Lightyear origin story. And he's part of this, you know, kind of outer space exploratory group. I think, I think his, I mean, what's, you're a bigger Toy Story fan than I am. Remind me what, what <laughs> Buzz is like. He's a, he's not a space commando. He's what? I think you mean Space me. Ranger. Space Ranger. Um, I, there we are. I think that's, okay. I think that's one of the jokes that, um, featured in toy story yeah okay so so yeah so he's already kind of part of this group he's in this big ship that i believe i have to think this is intentional because it looks just like the ship in in et and they crash land on a planet um and in order to and then they they damage basically their hyperdrive right so they're kind of marooned on this planet and so the the main focus of the plot is Buzz testing out different smaller ships to recover some kind of like trans warp light speed drive thing <laughs> that will enable him to save all of his fellow, you know, people. Um, now, the twist is that every time he goes on one of these test journeys, it's like instantaneous for him, but then years pass back on the planet. And so when he's doing this like a couple dozen times, all the people back on the planet have to kind of dig in and build society and just kind of make the best of the fact that this is where they're going to be for the indefinite future. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other stuff happens. That's probably good enough to, to set it up. So that's, that's the main idea. Um, And like I say, the animation's cool. The concept is cool. Uh, there are some some interesting themes that I would like individually if they didn't seem to come in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, so so I saw this with a couple of my older nieces, and they seem to like it just fine. I don't know if this would be over the head of a younger child though, 
because it starts getting into kind of the concept of, you know, time being relative and, and all, you know, this idea that, oh, well, Buzz is gone for 30 seconds and four years pass back on the planet. That starts to kind of lead to some stuff later on that I'm, I'm watching just thinking, well, I'm following this okay. And I think a lot of, you know, you know, kids are smart, but I don't know that like four or five-year-olds would follow what's going on here. Now they might not care, right? Because you're yeah. just kind of dazzled by the spectacle. Um, but it did seem like it started to get a little too complex for its own good, at least in, in terms of its target audience. Um, and then, so you kind of add a lot of these things up and I feel like Lightyear is a mid-tier Pixar movie. Uh, there were things that I definitely liked about it. There were things that I definitely was not crazy about. Um, and so overall it's like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't chalk this up as just like a, a, a crappy Pixar movie, right? This is not a, a, a bad Pixar movie, but it's nowhere near the level of what I would consider like inside out. I, you know, that's, I think inside out is probably my favorite Pixar movie. And, and this doesn't even come close to addressing that partially. And th and this, this is actually kind of relates because one of the things I loved about inside out was just it's, it's mastery of themes and messages about human nature and, and kind of it's, our, it's way of, of portraying in, you know, animated form and even character form, the, the way that we view the world and, and respond to it, you know, emotionally and all that kind of thing. Lightyear seems to have kind of conflicting messages where, and I don't, I don't know how much I want to get into him because I don't want to spoil a whole lot of the plot, but, That's fair. but I think that, you know, since one of the easiest way to put it, easiest ways to put it is that, you know, because the people back on the planet kind of have to go about their business, like they're going to be there for a while. One of the questions is, do we still want to escape and get back home or do we want to just make this home? And, and that's an interesting idea. And that's a really interesting plot. What's weird about Lightyear is that it seems to both support and antagonize that same idea simultaneously mm -hmm. and not in a way that's like, oh, we're considering the pros and cons. It's like, no, it seems like at one scene you're saying one thing and then another scene you're saying something totally different. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say like, you know, there, there are just several different things where I'm kind of, you know, raising an eyebrow thinking, well, that, yeah, I don't know about that, you know? And now from what I've heard from other people who are a lot more well-versed in Pixar than I am, is that there are also some questions about how this ties into the Toy Story movies, um, as far as, you know, certain characters that are introduced that are portrayed a certain way. And so, and that's the kind of stuff where I'm just kind of out of my league because I just don't know. I've seen... I mean, I know that I've seen the more recent Toy Story movies, and I, I've got to think that I've seen the first one or two at some point, but I just don't have that, you know. That knowledge readily base. available. Right, right. Yeah. And so, 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 Danny, once you get a chance to see this, you might have very different uh, – I mean, you, you might feel much more strongly because you have that, like, what are they doing? I can't believe they changed that, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's that significant or if it's just kind of, you know, insignificant. So – so that's, I think overall, I would put Lightyear as kind of like this, you know, two and a half to three out of four, where I definitely, I mean, there's definitely some things that I like about it and some things that I think people will enjoy. Um, my nieces enjoyed it. And that's, you know, I was, I was talking to a, a friend after the, the screening and he said, you know, well, that's, that's what we care about is the, 
you know, friend at Megaplex is, was, we want to, we want to know how the kids feel. Um, yeah. but, well, that's uh, interesting. You said that about like the target audience too, because like my thought was that it's more of a movie targeting those who grew up with Toy Story, like, you know, me. Like, and that's a very good up. point. That's an excellent yeah, point. Yeah, because like when the, tr when the teaser was first released and, you know, there was no um, voice acting with it or anything, it was just, um, I think it was a Beatles song, um, uh, like there's a star band, like just like that nostalgia and like the the spectacle, and I was just like, oh man, this looks amazing, right? And the more that's come out about it, the more I've felt like eh, it might not be something I'd be really interested in, but I still have a lot of people um, who are uh, around my age who are still super stoked about this movie. So I, I just feel like. You know, in terms of, like, story and characters and other choices, it's more for my demographic. But if, you know, kids are still entertained by it, maybe they were wanting it to be a kid's movie. So I've been a little unclear on who the target audience is supposed to be. Well, and that's... I don't know. I, I, think, I think that's a very important question because... I mean, even without being like a diehard Pixar fan, I mean, I've enjoyed lots of their movies, but I, I haven't, you know, like, yeah. I don't think I've actually gone out and bought any of them, right? If that makes, if, if that delineates it at all. But like, mm -hmm. the, what, what is very, very clear with Pixar and has been clear for their entire run is that they distinguish themselves by being movies that are, that will appeal to both younger and adult True. audiences True. and in this case that almost takes on kind of a new dimension because the adult audience is now the former child audience that grew up with their with you know the 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 movies that this sp spun off from yep. um and if if you as a a big you know toy story fan are not interested in seeing lightyear that's that's a problem right i mean that's an issue yeah maybe maybe <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know uh, but like my taste and, and maybe this will be more apparent with the next movie we're covering where it's just like i don't know if movies have gotten worse or have gotten pickier or like you've pointed out where it's like because i'm reviewing i'm looking at things a little more critically so it's just like my relationship with movies right now is just weird so <laughs> it could also be that factor so your relationship status with movies on Facebook is it's complicated. It is complicated. Yeah. I, <laughs> exactly. I I understand that. I understand that fully. Um, <laughs> now, uh, to add another uh, interesting fold. Now, we're recording this, what, the Wednesday before the movie is released. And so mm -hmm. this could completely change. Um, but, you know, just, just for reference, you know, since I can't memorize all of the, the stuff, I usually have IMDb open to the page of the, the movie we're discussing. Um, and what surprised me is that as of, like I say, as of Wednesday afternoon, uh, the 15th, uh, out of 825 ratings on IMDb, it's currently getting a 4.2 out of 10, um, which is not good, which is not yeah. a high rating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I can speculate on some of the reasons this might be happening uh i mean it because like like i said i mean there there are whether it's 
you know, fans who don't like the way that the characters are being interpreted or, you know, maybe it's a bunch of Tim Allen fans because I, I still haven't <laughs> found the reason why Chris Evans is voicing uh, Buzz instead of, uh, instead of Tim Allen. Now, I mean, one of the, one of the weirder theories I came up with was that, that Tim Allen voices the actual toy and that the toy is not the character in the movie. And so they would, that would, but that's kind of seemed like a stretch. Um, I don't know if it could work. I think Chris Evans, it seemed like he did a good job. Oh yeah. No, he, he did. So like, and I mean, you put his name on the movie and he's going to, he's going to draw more business than Tim Allen right right. now. I mean, honestly, Um, I mean, the, the movie has been part of some controversy, some political controversy uh, Mm -hmm. about, you know, certain scenes being added and taken away. And, and I don't know, I just, I just don't know if I'm ready to go into those weeds as far as the, <laughs> you know, the, the politics of, of, uh, Disney releases is not really a subject that I, like ever really yeah. anticipated would ever be necessary. Um, no, but, true. but, it, but it has been, uh, the subject of that. Like I said, it could, it could be diehard fans. It could be people who just didn't like the movie. I mean, I, Mm-hmm. I had a hard time thinking that oh this is just a bad movie. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't say that at all. I wouldn't yeah. rank it at the top of my Pixar list by any means, but like I said I I still kind of found it as like a mid-tier like better than kind of the retread sweet the sequels that are just kind of gone, you know, there and forgotten. Yeah. Um yeah. but but nowhere near you know what I what I would consider like the the inside out level. So yeah. I don't know. Um, no, like I, said, I think it's interesting though how you said it's not necessarily a bad movie because like I think it's just this movie came with such high expectations and it's like you know it's it's very nostalgia based and it's politicized so it's going to be very divisive no matter what like it's yeah. just a risky kind of move so yeah I'm not well, surprised that it's all polarized but no no and you know. I mean, maybe the best thing to do is just kind of revisit it in a couple of weeks and see. <laughs> maybe. Because, because, like I said, I mean, it's it's Wednesday afternoon. It hasn't come out yet. We've got less than a thousand ratings on IMDb, but a trend is emerging, and so we'll have to see what uh, what continues to emerge. So, I guess uh, stay tuned yep. on that one, um, and we can move on to something that. Uh, we have a little bit more concrete evidence for as far as the, well, I guess we do and we don't, right? Because this, this, this is shaping up to be one of those movies that defines the, the tension that we have discussed in previous episodes. Um, but uh, now, so if you, if you've been listening to the podcast, if you follow the website, uh, both Danny and I have already posted written reviews for uh <laughs> The I don't know if we're ready to call it infamous Jurassic World Dominion. I'm gonna bring it up here on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. And so, uh, yeah, so if you have been following that at all, you probably already know that uh, we are not crazy about <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion. Um, <laughs> if you are part of the 80% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience, then maybe you did enjoy. Jurassic World Dominion. Um, now the IMDb rating for this one is 6.0 out of 10, with 36,000 reviews. So quite a bit uh, larger uh, base to draw from. But uh, mm-hmm. and that feels like a fair score, I think. Like yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'd personally put it lower, but that's like my own personal reasons, right? Whereas mm-hmm. 
No, fun. I'd I'd follow that. Okay, so so since yeah. I since I broke down Lightyear, let's have you lead off with with Dominion, so oh, that goodness, you can. Because uh, I don't I mean I don't we know we I mean we like I said the the written reviews are posted, um, yeah. So I don't think we have to do a whole lot to set up the movie, maybe yeah. just briefly, but. But Danielle, yeah. I'll, I'll let oh, you. I, I, I'll I let can. you take the lead here. Yeah, no, I can briefly talk about it. I think the big thing with this movie is that it was just so forgettable. So I'm so afraid that, like, giving the premise, I'm gonna like miss some important detail. Um, but basically, um, Dominion follows the events of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, where you know dinosaurs were released upon the world, and um, we kind of follow two main groups that converge later on, uh, one group being our Jurassic World cast with, uh, you know, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt um, Bryce Ellis Howard, and, uh, and uh, the clone girl. Sermon, who plays, uh, yeah, Maisie the clone. <laughs> and um, they're kind of like this little family unit, and um, they've got their own issues because, you know, a human clone is in high demand, apparently. And um, they also have ties to Blue, who has a, a child, and a little baby dino. And um, their story kicks off when uh, Blue's baby and Maisie are both kidnapped by the same company, Biosyn. And um, then on the other side of things, we have our Jurassic Park cast, you know? So you've got uh, Ellie Sadler, Alan Grant, um, Dr. Malcolm, who is still probably the best thing in this movie and in this franchise. Thank goodness he's there. Thank goodness (laughs) Jeff Goldblum is there. Um, And uh, they kind of are studying their own controversy that's also tied to Biosyn. So basically everyone comes up uh, together to figure out and get to the bottom everything that's going on in this shady uh, business because capitalism bad? I don't know. Um, So that's the whole premise basically. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was very bad. And, um, (laughs) I think we talked about this at the start of the year where this was a movie we were both looking forward to, but like, you know, with morbid curiosity Yeah. because like the way things left off with Jurassic world, it's just like, how do you have this world of dinosaurs? And I'll be honest, like the first couple minutes of Dominion, I was like, okay, you know, we got some cowboy Chris Pratt, like, rounding up dinosaurs. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? If that's what we're doing and we're really exploring what a world with dinosaurs is like, with, like, dinosaurs and humans together, like, I, I you know, that's what I came to the movie to see, right? Yeah. I wanted to see how that played out. And we totally abandoned that, except for the very beginning right. and the very end, which was so disappointing. And then I realized, like, apparently there was more stuff that happened with them during, like, the whole famous motorcycle chase, Chris Pratt and the um, Velociraptor adjacent dinosaurs, um, <laughs> where I, I, I guess there were more dinosaurs there than I noticed. I Again, I was so forgettable. I was like, oh, they had those, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It was, it was just so disappointing in that way. Um, it was disappointing with the action. Like a lot of people said, oh, that was like my favorite sequence. And I'm like, why? It was like, Shaky cam, CGI that's going to age badly. Like, I didn't care. There weren't real stakes. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like, like, it didn't feel tense. Right. And that was a huge thing. Because, like, you think about Jurassic Park, like, the the terror, the fear, because these are dinosaurs and you're just pathetic little humans. Like, 
that's a big deal. And mm -hmm. and when it's just like, you know, oh, there's a dinosaur encounter that lasts like 30 seconds. And, you know, um, well, you <laughs> there, can't, there's a, you, you can't yeah. have stakes when you know that nothing is going to happen to any of the main characters. True. You know, because that, that first Jurassic Park movie, which is just head and shoulders above any of these other ones, yeah. you had, you know, and granted, I mean, they're not like the main, main characters, but you had Dennis Nedry gets gets killed in the Jeep and you had the lawyer gets eaten when he's sitting, you know, he's in the outhouse. And then the other, the, the crocodile Dundee slash mm -hmm. crocodile hunter guy, he gets, he gets killed. And even Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson yeah. Yeah. And, and so the core difference between that movie and this one is that by the end, I guess this is a spoiler, but maybe it's just too late. Like, they have but this scene. But basically no one dies. Right. Yeah. Right. And and yeah. they're making it obvious that everybody has to make it. And when everybody is like a dozen characters, it's absurd. Because mm -hmm. they're trying to, you know, I get it that let's bring back uh, Laura Dern and Sam Neill and, of course, you know, Jeff Goldblum. That's three people. Yeah. With the Jurassic World series, okay, we got Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and okay, the clone girl, right? Can't kill the clone <laughs> girl. That's six. If yeah. they got them out, that's pushing it, but that's not all they try to do. They just, you know, because it just, it just drove me crazy how many characters they just tried to shoehorn in and keep involved in this in this movie. And well, think about all the side characters, too, because the same thing happened I mean. with, like, all the... Yeah, all the side characters from Jurassic World came in, side characters yeah. from um, the first. Okay, and I didn't realize this. And again, I feel bad. I I'm glad I've watched other reviews because they've kind of like enlightened me a little bit. doesn't make the movie any better, but at least I understand it better now. <laughs> now like, I understand um, more clearly why I hate this. <laughs> exactly. No, but the, um, the bad guy is Dodson, who was the guy from the first movie who hired Dennis Nedry. Oh, really? It's the same character. But okay. I didn't. He I just didn't started. Realize that. He just started dressing like Steve Jobs in between. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I love how you pointed that out. Evil. <laughs> I it's love like how this you arbitrary. <laughs> like uh, I got, let's let's have an original idea. Yet. Let's have a big corporation, and they'll be <sighs> evil, and they'll be the bad guy because they're a big corporation. Exactly. I don't know what their motivation is, but they're bad uh, guys. And then, yeah, and then no, the, well, they'll have like the CEO who's like some kind of. Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. And he's not threatening at all. No. And, yeah. No, it was. Yeah. That well, was a bad choice. <laughs> that was probably one of the worst bad choices of this movie. Just, oh, no. The, the whole villain, every time he did something kind of quirky, like, he's a little weird. But, like, there was no reason for it. He was just weird because he's weird, creepy, nerdy, rich guy. And yeah. it's like, like, um, I love. He's interchangeable. Yeah, exactly. Something mm -hmm. that I said was like, um, he's this villain as previously seen on Don't Look Up. And if you've seen Don't Look Up, like, you know, the, the tech kind of antagonist dude, he's hilarious because he's supposed to be kind of, you know, he's, he's making fun of this trope. Right? Mm -hmm. He's just so absurd, but you 
spend enough time with his character where you understand him a little better. Whereas this one, it's just like, they try to copy that character, which was already supposed to be kind of satirical. Mm. And here it's just weird. And it's, and again, it's like, it's not scary. Like Dennis Nedry, like he was also kind of goofy, but like there were a lot of layers to him. He was very interesting. And like, oh, well, he was motivated yeah, no. too because they, they were shortening, yeah. right? They weren't paying him enough. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was yeah, kind of a joke, you... right? Is that we, we spared no expense except for yeah, this exactly. computer guy who's going to betray us all. Yeah. Yeah. Like what did, what did you think of Biosyn's motivations? Um, and, and I, I feel like that might not be too much of a spoiler with the locust probably not because okay even after seeing the movie i can't remember what their motivations were yeah i mean there's so so there are these grossly oversized locusts that in a swarm (laughs) are destroying you know they're just like rampaging through the midwest and that's how alan grant and ellie you know get back in involved because they're they're researching that because biosyn is behind the locust swarm and I think that I can't remember why they made the locusts. Like, why do they make the mutant locusts? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. That's, that was don't that care. was a thing too. It doesn't like, matter. Yeah, in, in a in a franchise where you know the science fiction and the philosophy and you know. Emphasis on the science part. I mean, were they trying like to that... destroy all their competitors? Because I remember that like the fields that had the biosyn chemicals were safe. So maybe this was just like some yeah. nasty way to try to destroy all the competitors. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I think that's what it is. But like they don't say that. And they're like, oh, they're multiplying too much. Like where it was like, it, it seemed like that wasn't their intention but it was like a byproduct but then it's like then what was your intention like why on earth do we need locusts like this like it was it was just so weird and uh, and what i was gonna say the motivation is how do we get sam neill and (laughs) laura dern back into this story exactly exactly we can have a sick triceratops again right no but (laughs) and i guess what's i guess what's hard is that you know if, if a movie is just bad it's just bad but it, yeah. it's worse when it gives you reasons to think that it could have been so much better. And, and that first yeah. couple minutes, like you described, I mean, the, the, way, I, the way I put it in, in, in my written review was it was kind of like the world had just turned into a giant Yellowstone National Park where, like, if you've been to national parks, especially some, a place like Yellowstone, you know, you're driving around just kind of like doing your everyday thing. And then there's a buffalo walking across the road, right? Or there's there's bison or, you know, not bears too much anymore. I mean, you don't see nearly as many of those as you'd like to. But you're just, you are coexisting with the animal kingdom in a, you know, or you, you go up to like to Mammoth Hot Springs where the, where the park headquarters is. And there are just these huge elk just relaxing on the grass in front of the headquarters building. And so there's that kind of symbiotic you know they're all just kind of there and that's kind of what i felt like i was seeing at the beginning of dominion was okay well yeah. it's everyday life but if you come out of a tunnel and suddenly see a stegosaurus crossing the road that's just one of your new realities you know yeah but instead of explore that we boil it down to okay all the dinosaurs are here in one place all the characters are here in one place 
this is where all the action is. It's all concentrated. It's just so it's just a rehash of the same formula again. Yeah. And yeah. and it's it's disappointing. It's it's incoherent. You know. I yeah. mean, I just just trying to juggle so many different pieces and trying you know and then and then trying to layer in the nostalgia on top of that and try to have these moments that are supposed to be heartwarming, hearkening back to the you know the whole will they won't they romantic theme between <laughs> you know the the original characters just yeah. yeah i don't know just very 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 disappointing but i think so rather than continue to rant as i'm sure we very easily can <laughs> i think what we need to discuss though is that this movie is also becoming a really classic example of the the dissonance that we've discussed in previous episodes where there's a pretty consistent universal critic response and it's very very different from the audience response um last i last i checked 30 percent from the critics on rotten tomatoes 80 percent approval from audiences Crazy. so why are audiences wrong <laughs> <laughs> i know that that is how it feels right and it's so hard like, did I, you watch I the same like... movie I know, and and I feel bad because I mean, at least when I started doing all this Utah film stuff, I felt like, oh, I'm coming from the audience perspective, and I like making a case for all movies. And I don't think this movie was bad in the same way like Doctor Strange or Turning Red were, where it's like this is a bad movie, don't see it, no reason. Where it's like I'm telling people, I'm like, go see it and like get your own opinion. It's entertaining. You know, like even like if you if you find issues with it, like I'm a big Jurassic Park fan, so I have a lot of issues with this movie. Um, but it's like, but it was still fun, and like even disliking it was its own bit of fun. So like, I I think there's that element to it where it's, you know, people are still having an enjoyable time, which may up the rating a little bit. I I do think there are some issues with it, which is what critics are pointing out. I wonder, too, because it got such a low rating before the movie came out, right, from critics. It started out pretty low there, so I wonder if people came in, you know, expecting just this garbage movie. Yeah. And then coming away from it like, oh, no, that was actually really fun, because it's yeah. fun. It's it's watchable, right? And I, and yeah, I, don't, I don't mean yeah. that as a backhanded compliment. I mean, like, yeah. there, is, there is nothing that would feel feel tedious or exhausting about just going and I mean I I really hate the turn off your brain excuse right because when mm -hmm. when somebody's trying to justify a a bad or a subpar movie yeah oh it's just a turn off your brain no 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 that just that's just trying to make excuses for the fact that the people who made this movie didn't put in the time to write a decent story or to make things make sense yeah. It's, you know, because because technically speaking, you know, the the and I always look to the Transformers movies as the the classic classic example of this. Right. Because mm -hmm. if you have a sequence of explosions and attractive people and fights and different things on the screen, those elements are entertaining. Right. So if you're just watching a highlight reel 
of crazy visuals. Sure, that's entertaining. It doesn't mean it's good. And that's that's to how I kind of see Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion is like there are individual elements that are all entertaining. Mm-hmm. but they don't add up to anything. And if you take any time to think about what is or is not happening, it just falls apart. And I guess that's the difference is that critics are obligated to pay attention and look for those kind of things so that we can differentiate between a really good movie versus an okay movie versus something that you should avoid. Whereas mm-hmm. I honestly just think that for a lot of people, a movie is just a movie and it, it, the, the threshold is a lot lower because, and, and I don't know, I, I, one of the things that I, I continue to keep in mind, and I don't know if this is just not as important to some, to, to some audiences, is that, you know, if, if you are being asked to pay money to see this, there's an obligation, right? Yeah. And, I, and I feel like I have an obligation. If I'm going to tell somebody to go see a movie, Okay, you. I'm telling you to go spend ten, fifteen dollars of your own money if you're just going by yourself. Let alone if you're bringing, you know, a date. If you're bringing the kids, right? Yeah. Um, and once you kind of look at it in those terms, you know, there's no way that I am going to endorse something like Dominion the way that I would support Maverick. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I have no issue whatsoever with telling audiences go spend your money to see Maverick in the theater. It is that good. That is what, that, that is a worthwhile investment. You know, at best I could say Jurassic world, you know, it, it'll entertain you. You'll completely forget about it in a week. Yep. So I wouldn't spend more than five bucks on it. You know, it's, it's a $5 Tuesday movie. And if you spend any time thinking about it at all, just make you angry (laughs) so angry and I wonder with that like I think it's funny you bring up Maverick because you and I both brought up Maverick in our written reviews yeah and I I wonder if part of it is the fact that those were released so close to each other and they're just so different in terms of quality well it's you know it's just night and day really and 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 I think it's hard not to compare well for me I mean, I can, I can only speak for myself, but um, yeah. the reason that I felt like the comparison was needed, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you look at it on the surface and it's like, okay, well, you got a sci-fi movie about dinosaurs versus an action adventure about jet, you know, you, you would think apples and oranges. Yeah. But what makes this comparison necessary for me is that the context of each movie is so similar because you have a, you know, sequel of sorts to Mm -hmm. a very, very beloved and very, very old franchise. Right. You know, because the Jurassic Park 1993 and Top Gun was what, 1986. And so, so both of these new movies in 2022 have an obligation to be true to those roots, right? And so you've got this, okay, well, what do we need to do for the fans? What do we need to do in terms of nostalgia and callbacks, right? And mm-hmm. and where Maverick was just so good at 
blending the nostalgia in an effective way and backing it up with a movie that would be excellent and without the nostalgic connections. Jurassic World Dominion just kind of seems to slap in some random attempts to be nostalgic and fond. You know, because honestly, I mean, if it makes any difference, I consider myself more of a fan of Jurassic Park than I do of Top Gun. Oh, and so easy, it's it's not just easily. that, oh, I'm not into Jurassic Park and so I don't care about the nostalgia. No, I mean, I think the nostalgia could be a lot more effective for Jurassic Park if it was done well, but it wasn't. It was it was so forced and shoehorned in. And then, and then the movie itself where Top Gun was easy to follow and understand and was executed, you know, the, the special effects were seamless. Jurassic mm-hmm. Park just, or I keep calling it Jurassic World, Dominion, right? Mm-hmm. Just... Everything that Maverick did right, Dominion dropped the ball. And yeah. and because they kind of have those similar contextual uh, identities, there's no way that you, you, you have to line them up against each other because you have a, such a great example and such a, a, a poor flop next to it <laughs> no for sure so yeah yeah but i mean people do like it i just <laughs> don't know why <laughs> have you heard why because like actually i i was on facebook and um one of my friends asked she's like i'm thinking about seeing dominion what but I'm, it's you know kind of divided what do you guys think um and a lot of people, it was still very divided in the comments. Like, some people were like, it was silly but fun, or like, um, the special effects were really cool, which I don't agree with, but you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I kind of chalked up with, like, you know, here's my rant, but I think it's worth it to see it, to know what it's about, and to have that experience, right? So I guess well, maybe that kind of sums up the, the conversation about it, but have you been seeing other reasons why people are liking um, this movie? I haven't heard a whole lot of praise for it. Yeah. Um I one of my one of my guesses and it's, it's called an educated guess, but I'm not just taking a shot in the dark. <laughs> yeah. But I think that it kind of a, you know similar to what I was saying before where a lot of times I think that the audience is only looking for an immediate experience, right? Is this good enough to justify right now? Is this entertaining me right now? Is this, yeah. am I having a good time? Do I feel like I've, I've, you know, enjoyed my couple of hours mm-hmm. right this moment, right? And, and in order to, to not reach that threshold, it probably has to be really bad, right? Like a really, really True. bad movie will get a reaction. But if it's, fine it's fine and and so i don't necessarily think that the audience is always going in thinking okay well how is this going to compare next to the other five jurassic movies where is it going to rank because my gut feeling and this you know maybe this is just me just clinging to hope but (laughs) i still feel like okay well let's let's go 10 years down the road right ask the same person who who thinks this is a perfectly good movie do you have any interest in seeing that again have you seen it more than once? Where would you rank it next to the original Jurassic Park? Because I think that basically 
those that difference between the 30% and 80% is really going to kind of level off. And mm-hmm. and maybe the difference is that where the the audience is looking at things in a very immediate present sense to be critics, we are kind of obligated to look at things in for more of a wide perspective in order sure. to give the full context of whether this movie is working or not. And so yeah. as a result, we're just paying attention to things that the general audience isn't. And that's fair. But then the paradox is that we still are supposed to be giving the audience <laughs> help and insight and information. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and I think the information we're given is like, go see it in theaters, right? Because the sound's fun, the lighting's fun, you know, like yeah. those things are good. So it's like, go see it in theaters. Um, maybe don't pay full price, like go on a discount night, but like, you might as well see it. Because I, I, I think there's a lot of curiosity anyways, because like, this is such a beloved franchise, like we want to know what happens next. And so now we know, and that's okay. When I do my Jurassic Park marathons, I'm I'm not going to watch this one. You know, because it's not going to give me that same feeling that the others do, right? Sure, sure. Um, and, and it's funny. This is totally a tangent, but um, we recently did an Indiana Jones marathon, and we included Crystal Skull in that. And Sorry. I actually like Crystal Skull okay. Um, There's that and, okay and again. Be... <laughs> it's hey, okay. Pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty okay. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, sure, it's definitely not like the other ones. Definitely. But, like, there are a lot of moments that f- when I was watching them back to back, it still felt like it was an Indiana Jones movie, even though, like, the the time was different. Of course, Harrison Ford is older. Um, of course, CG is always going to look bad after a couple of years, which is another concern I have about Dominion. Um, but, like, there were still a lot of beats and a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, this is totally, like... An Indiana Jones movie, whereas this one, I don't feel like it ever had any of those moments, which is why I wouldn't want to watch it when I'm doing a marathon. Yeah. And I, I, I'm certainly not going to own this movie. No, I, as you as you are describing that, I, I think I would agree in that I never felt the same sense of wonder. Yeah. That, and granted, I mean, that's that's kind of Spielberg's signature thing, right? I mean, even yeah. like the looks on his characters' faces, that look of wonder, like that's his thing. And Jurassic mm-hmm. Park was full of that. I don't think that this new movie ever, even if the things were kind of exciting and entertaining visually, it never made me feel that way. And 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 yeah. I think you pointed this out first in your review. This was not a scary movie. It was not, no. there was, there was no tension. It was not, Never. you know, you weren't afraid, you know, it there wasn't was just this sequence. Yeah. Yeah. There was like one sequence I can think of where like someone's arms are being like, you know, eaten. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that was the only like graphic kind of part and it didn't mm-hmm. feel super violent. No, it, it, it was definitely pared down and yeah. I don't know if that was intentional. I I don't know if, you know. Because there's such a wide range in PG-13, right? I mean, you can, True. you could, you could subdivide PG-13 movies a half dozen times and and still have pretty distinctive categories. But no, yeah. and it, I, I mean, because now you brought up Crystal Skull, and I'm thinking about Crystal Skull. And <laughs> I think I I'm think. Sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I think my core <laughs> disappointment with that movie was that the things that I thought were a problem 
didn't have to be a problem because I, I went into mm. it thinking, well, I hope that Harrison Ford doesn't just look really ridiculous doing this stuff as an old man, you know, or that they decide to just make it a big joke that he's an older guy and that that just comes off as a clumsy, you know, and they handled that fine. The mm -hmm. thing that I hated about Crystal Skull was just the storytelling and the dialogue and the character. It's like you don't you didn't have to screw that up. What happened? You know, and, and so you just have to write a good movie at that point. And, and that's the yeah. hard thing with sequels, right? Like you have to make a good movie just generally. Right. But then you also have to have that element where it connects well. So yeah. and that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we're saying with Maverick, with this. Uh, with no, Dominion, in fact, you know? one of the one of my reactions to uh, Maverick was that Maverick felt to me like a tribute to 80s action movies in the same yeah. way that Raiders of the Lost Ark was intended to be a tribute to the old action adventure serials of the, you know, the 30s mm -hmm. and the 40s. And yeah. maybe I should just that's all. That's my closing <laughs> statement. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and we probably better start to wrap up. Otherwise, this is not going to be a shorter version for our. <laughs> <laughs> no. What's I'll give I'll, I'll let you. Uh, what do you what do you think? Any any final parting thoughts on on Jurassic on the, 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 the Dominion? It's, it's not yeah. going to be part of your marathon. You've officially said that. Yeah, but but go see it. I think there's no harm in seeing it. So, well, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, there's no harm in seeing it. <laughs> it's pretty okay. That's, it's pretty okay. <laughs> he says it's pretty okay. And that's all you need. That's all you need. Well, Danny, thank you for uh, for giving me the chance to rant a little bit more on, uh, on Dominion. It felt good. And, that felt uh, good. And, uh, and, and Lightyear. <laughs> For you guys is, is pretty okay also we'll see how <laughs> so so far i think uh, maverick is still the leader it's uh oh it's 100%. still unchallenged but we'll see how things happen in the next few weeks few months we got uh, we got bullet train we got love and thunder we got uh other stuff and we'll look forward to talking about those movies so thanks as always leave us comments follow us listen to us Pray for us, honestly. I think we can, you know, every little thing helps. So have a good one. We'll talk to you next, or we'll, uh, we'll, thank you for being our audience. Until next time, this has been the Utah Film Pod with Daddy Hatch and a stumbling Josh Dad.